You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast, the number one place in the world to learn about Bitcoin. Open your first wallet, buy your first Satoshis, and get involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem that is changing the world as we know it. Satoshi Nakamoto, wherever you are, thank you for making all this possible. Now, let's get started. Welcome to another Bitcoin.com podcast. I'm your host, Bitcoin Brian. Uh, you know, here at Bitcoin.com, we like to uh, talk about Bitcoin and, you know, the things that are basically bringing more freedom and, uh, you know, uh, to people's lives and, and things that are with the, the Bitcoin technology, the, the underlying technology from Bitcoin is blockchain. And there's a lot of things happening in the world of blockchain other than just finance. You know, there's some things that are making the world better. Blockchain has really kind of uh, been seen as something that's going to change the world in a positive way, doing things for uh, people, uh, be, you know, before that weren't possible. And uh, some of the things we like to bring light to is the different projects going on in the world. And, and so we it recently been brought to our attention um, that a company called Power Ledger has, has been doing something pretty interesting with blockchain technology, uh, sort of the power of blockchain, if you will. Uh, dealing in solar power. And so we have on today with us uh, Dr. Gemma Green, uh, who happens to be the co-founder and chair of Power Ledger. And so I'd just like to welcome you, uh, Dr. Green. Hi, Brian. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. It's great to see you. Uh, it's great to be here. Okay, so I, I thought it would be great to, you know, bring you on to, to the podcast and uh, talk about kind of the project that you have going on. Maybe we could start off with a little bit, if you could give us, you know, a background on you, yourself, and and where, uh, you know, you, you've gotten introduced into Bitcoin and blockchain technology and, 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 that, and that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, so I, I was born and raised in Perth in Western Australia. And then after I finished my undergraduate degree in finance, I, I moved to London and lived there for 11 years working in investment banking. And nine years of that was spent at JP Morgan. And the first half of my time there was in mainstream finance. And the second part was in environmental and social risk management. And I became really interested in looking at the banks lending in developing countries, uh, including uh, like some of the high risk sectors like mining and oil and gas, but also electricity and power markets. And uh, in 2013, I returned to Perth uh, and decided to do a PhD looking at energy markets and disruptive innovation. And uh, it was applied research. So I was applied to design the energy system for an eco village. And uh, I saw in Australia, 20% of households have rooftop solar, but hardly any in apartment buildings, which is about 30% of the housing stock. And the law that manages these buildings in Australia is called strata law. In the US, you might know it as condominium law. And in Europe, it's called uh, freehold leasehold. That legislation uh, means that the building can actually act as an energy retailer without having a retail energy license. So what that means is you can design a microgrid or an embedded network um, within the apartment building and residents will pay their electricity bill to the building management company. And I got very excited when I saw that that was possible and designed a solar um, system and commercial and governance framework um, for an apartment building in Perth. And then I was trying to find software that could make the system do what I wanted, which was allocate units of electricity to each apartment. And if you weren't home to consume your allocation, you could trade it with your neighbours. And I, I couldn't find anything that did that. And then in January of last year, I was introduced to a couple of blockchain developers. And I was uh, really going, what on earth is this blockchain thing? Didn't really understand it. 
thought, oh, can anything be done in energy? And in exploring that for quite a few months, actually, I realized that it could do exactly what I wanted in the apartment building and got very excited. And I introduced uh, the blockchain developers to Dave Martin, who's one of the other co-founders. And uh, he had been working in energy networks for two decades. And he saw a problem with the, with the, the grid where because we're putting in so much distributed uh, electricity and it's being consumed at the point of generation, the grid's being used less. And because of that, the, if the network is used less, the people that are left using it are paying more. And he saw that with the blockchain, you could uh, reimagine the grid as a trading platform, as a transactive grid, and, um, and facilitate small transactions across it and settle those directly with the buyer and seller without an intermediary. And he actually said, I'm going to set up a company um, to develop this. Do you want to join me? And I said, absolutely. So we formed Power Ledger in May of last year, and we developed those two products first and foremost, and we've deployed them. So um, we did our first peer-to-peer -peer electricity trial south of Perth in Bustleton in a retirement village from August to December last year, in uh, 20, actually 2016, yes. And uh, that went really well. And then the second peer-to-peer -peer trial we did was in New Zealand, uh, in Auckland, uh, with a network operator for part of the Auckland market called Vector. We also connected banking services so people can transfer money to their bank account onto our platform, buy and sell electricity using Sparks, which is a tokenized unit of electricity, and then transfer the money back to their bank account. Okay, so so if I under, if I understand this correctly, uh, essentially what what yeah. someone's able to do right now in Australia through through what you guys have designed and developed, uh, if I'm if I'm a customer, I live say in an apartment building, and uh, I have there's solar on our rooftop. Uh, I I am allocated a certain amount of that solar energy for my apartment, but if I don't happen to be at my place, say I go on holiday for a month, I could actually sell the electricity that my unit would have would have utilized to somebody else, kind of on an open market. Absolutely. Um, okay. So if you think about schools, they would not be using the electricity if, uh, on the weekends or the school holidays. They could equally be selling that to someone in the open market. Uh, and, yes, you could do that in your, your house as well. So it's quite exciting because it, it means that if you've got surplus electricity, you can sell it to your neighbor or give it to your mom or the cat haven. Okay. And so say if, if, if this system wasn't implemented and, and I was living in an apartment building and we had solar, uh, but, but there wasn't a system that you've designed in place, what happens to that energy if I'm not utilizing what you guys have developed? Well, there, if you didn't have a system that could really get that down to that granular level, it would probably just be uh, the amount of electricity smeared equally across everybody. Okay. So you don't provide, um, you know, a price signal that encourages people to use electricity more efficiently, and you don't create the same opportunity for them to monetize their surplus allocation. So we see that what it provides is that fine-grained information that means that uh, you're going to get better behaviors and also increase the financial return for people. Wow, that sounds wonderful. So, so in doing this, if you uh, if you happen to be a, a customer um, or, or a resident in, in a building that's using utilizing your guys' service and technology, uh, how does it how does it work? What give kind of a can you give listeners kind of a general uh, description of, of of what happens and and how you're able to capitalize on this wonderful technology that you developed? Sure. So PowerLedger's platform and applications are software, 
and they connect to smart meters to be able to uh, ascertain how much electricity is generated and how much is consumed. Uh, and so if you've got smart meters and, and uh, internet connection, that's pretty much all you need to make the system run. And you basically install the software and uh, you have to basically note on the platform what's the, the meter reference number and then basically the rest of the information is extracted direct from the source onto to the blockchain. And within an apartment building, you could specify that electricity at different times of the day has a different price attached to it for, for, the, re for the residents. Or you could also say that they get a certain amount allocated for free and then the rest is at a certain price. So it gives you quite a lot of flexibility. But another feature that we've designed into the platform is where um, you can actually use the blockchain to fractionalize ownership of the solar and battery systems. And it can be in an apartment building or like a large solar farm. So I could buy 1% of the renewable energy asset uh, and asset register is the blockchain. And therefore, I get 1% of the income derived from that asset. So in an apartment building, it might be that the residents all own the system in common, shared, like a shared energy system, but you might have part of it owned by a third party. Uh, equally, a large solar farm, you know, developers of solar usually get institutional investors. But using this um, aspect of our technology, you can do a crowd sale for part of the solar system and provide mums and dads with access to investing in community solar. So essentially, you know, you could have, you know, outside investors invest into a platform on an apartment building somewhere around the globe. And then based on the electricity that that produces and what's being utilized or not, uh, any excess electricity that's left over and the money made from that could go to the investors in the program. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Interesting. That sounds Sounds really cool. Sounds like a very interesting and uh, innovative and, and technological way to uh, make energy a lot more efficient and more beneficial to the users themselves. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point, Brian, because if you look at how the energy uh, electricity systems work right now, people generally get their bills every two months. And in the wholesale electricity market, it doesn't clear and settle for like 60 to 80 days. So it's very inefficient mm. and the, the prudential requirements for those companies are enormous because they don't get paid for a long time. And equally, if you've got a household that's got rooftop solar and they're presently selling their surplus back to their energy company, they don't get paid for 60 days. So using our platform, you can create a more, you know, that concept of frictionless transaction where the settlement happens at the moment the electricity moves across the network or is consumed. And uh, as a result of that, and you can also put a, you know, a price signal in place to create a genuine marketplace that you know, is uh, not uh, like artificially set. So power uh, essentially with this system and you know, with the more, more users using it, uh, it seems that you know, the price could actually go down in electricity usage uh, over time, especially when you put it on a global scale. Well, I mean, economics would, you know, suggest that, you know, supply and demand uh, would set the price. And I think that's absolutely true. If you look at the cost curves for solar and batteries, they're coming down. Batteries are still more expensive, but they are declining in price at the same rate that solar panels have over the past decade. Solar is already super cheap and, you know, the return on investment is sort of four years or less. So um, it's very low cost electricity. And as batteries compete with grid-based pricing, you can totally conceive a future where we have low cost and low carbon 
electricity because there's so much more of it on 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 the system firstly and also the price of it is lower wow okay so when i was reading the white paper uh that you guys had produced which was pretty awesome read by the way interesting uh for me uh coming from background that i'm from but uh there, there's talk of, of, the, of the tokens um it looks like there's two there's a, a sparks which is s-p-r-k-s and then there's power which is p-o-w-r um, it seems like you guys have done an ICO. Um, you have have sold some, but there's still some yet to be sold. Could you kind of talk about what's the difference between Sparks and Power and a little bit of uh, background and also into a future view of, of what's happening with those tokens and, and if, if it's still possible for people to become involved with them? Certainly, Brian. So Sparks um, is actually S-P-A-R-K-Z. Okay. And that is, that's okay. It's a tokenized unit of electricity. So it's like phone minutes. Um, and one spark is one um, cent or one pence in the, in the country that it's based in. So the consumer basically buys sparks which, as a tokenized unit of electricity and they're not exposed to any kind of cryptocurrency associated with that. So they'll always get one um, of the low, one of the lowest unit of currency in, in their country. Uh, and power tokens are... Uh, effectively a license for application hosts to trade electricity on their platform. And the reason we designed it like that is so that the system uh, self-regulates. So an application host is like an energy utility. And if they would like to offer peer-to-peer trading to their customers, they need power tokens. uh, And that's the token that we are selling as a part of our token generation event. They need to put those up as a bond to purchase Sparks to sell to their customers so they can trade peer-to-peer. So when the customers go to redeem their Sparks for um, fiat, the money is there in the form of the power token that has been put up as a bond. And so it preserves the integrity of the system and allows it to self-regulate. So the more application hosts there are offering uh, peer-to-peer to their customers and the more customers they have, the greater volume of power tokens that will be in put up as a bond or in escrow, which will constrain the supply of power tokens and determine the price. And the token generation event that we are uh, in the middle of right now, um, we, we created a total of 1 billion tokens and we're selling 350 million of those uh, at, at the moment. And uh, we did a uh, pre-sale which just finished last week, and we sold 190 million of the 350 million available, and we we raised a 17 million Australian dollars as a part of that that presale, and it sold out in like less than 72 hours. So we're really wow. thrilled with how that um, token sale went. On the 8th of September, uh, we opened the public sale, and uh, that will our our, our um, supporters and our um, and platform users were telling us they wanted to have the option of both a fixed price and uh, and more of a market price. So that the pre-sale was priced at 8.8 cents per uh, US per token, but the public sale will be unpriced, uncapped. So the price will be determined by the amount of remaining tokens, which is about 150 million tokens, uh, divided by the amount of money that is uh, pledged for the sale, and that will determine the final price of the tokens. And it, the public sale will go for four weeks, uh, and it commences on the 8th 
of September. Okay, great. And so if I if if some of our listeners wanted to participate in in this sale in in buying these tokens, uh, how would they go about doing so? They would just need to go to our website, uh, which is TGE, which is Token Generation Event, TGE dot Powerledger dot IO. Okay. So tge.powerledger.io. Sorry, I interrupted you. tge.powerledger.io, yes. Okay. And then that'll, there'll be some instructions on there on, on how to participate. You know, one thing I, I when I was talking to you the other day, we uh, just had a, a really nice conversation. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned that, that I thought was uh, pretty pretty profound, actually, that some of your previous associates at JP Morgan and, and in the banking industry uh, had, had said something about you possibly risking your, your reputation with something like this. Why does it seem that um, people in the banking industry or the financial industry are, are so uh, worried or scared about blockchain technology and its implementation in different, uh, different realms like power? Well, I think that's a, that's a good thing that you should raise. I think that there, there's a very diverse landscape of companies operating in the blockchain world. And I think it's safe to say that there's a fair amount of vaporware out there and organizations that are, you know, seeing, oh, this is a hot market and putting out a white paper and trying to do an ICO. Uh, and the ability to do uh, a white paper or a, an ICO without having a country attached to your documentation, you can totally do that. And you're seeing that happen. If you don't have a country attached to it, you don't have a jurisdiction there's no recourse for people that purchase those tokens if you raise a lot of money and then just go off into the sunset. And so I think that those kinds of enterprises are giving legitimate and bona fide blockchain businesses a bad name. Mm. And I suspect that my colleagues uh, at JP Morgan might have been concerned um, about that. But um, PowerLedge is not doing any of those things. Firstly, we've got a platform and applications that we've developed and deployed. And we've got a number of other um, projects in the pipeline, which are mentioned in our white paper. Uh, and we are energy professionals and blockchain professionals. And we uh, are totally excited about uh, rolling out our product as far and wide as is possible. The second thing is that this is the first ICO or token generation event in Australia. And we work with our lawyers, Alan's Linklaters, to figure out, could it be done in Australia legally? And if so, how? And they advise us that it could be and um, they said that uh, our token isn't a security in Australia and it's not a financial product, but suggested that we do our documentation and disclosures to that standard. And so we have done that. And we also are doing it underneath our company, uh, our PowerLedger Pty Ltd, as an Australian uh, private company. And so we have a constitution, a shareholders agreement. We have directors. I'm one of the directors. And we are all bound under Australian corporate law. And so... We are um, debuting, um, uh, you know, an ICO in the Australian market to this high standard, and we hope that any other companies that contemplate that will similarly do that. So I'm actually very proud of the way that we're conducting our, um, our business, and I'm very excited that we could perhaps be setting a standard for real enterprise doing this kind of um, uh, blockchain activity. Yeah, and you know that, that it sounds it sounds great. Um I really like, you know, what you guys are doing with that and and some what you mentioned about the white paper and some projects that you go you have going on. Uh could you uh talk talk a little bit about uh the projects, not just um what what you've explained about, you know, power with the rooftops, but there's some other stuff that you you have uh that you're doing and and that's coming up in the future. Could you could you speak a little bit to that? Certainly. Yeah. So, I mentioned that we did this first trial in Busselton, which was in a retirement village that was uh, demonstrating virtually how peer-to-peer -peer trading would work. 
across a regulated network. The second trial that we've done in is for peer-to-peer -peer trading across networks is in Auckland in New Zealand. And we also connected the banking facilities. And that was actually really hard because many banks didn't want to give us a bank account because we're a blockchain company. But we managed to show uh, and persuade a couple of banks that we are, um, you know, we're not doing money laundering or uh, proceeds of crime. We got through their kind of um, uh, checks and balances and um, they've backed us. So we're really thrilled about that. And then we've also deployed our products in a couple of apartment buildings in Fremantle in Perth. And um, two more are under construction and there's a number of others contracted. And one of those apartment buildings is about to have an electric vehicle, a shared electric vehicle and an electric vehicle fast charger connected in a few weeks. How cool is that? Very exciting. That is so cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, because any member of the public can rent the, the EV and use PowerLedger's platform to pay for the hire of the car. And then they can also use, anyone with their own electric vehicle can come and use the fast charger and pay for electricity using the PowerLedger platform to do that. And it's attached to an apartment building. So the apartment building actually gets an additional income stream um, from offering this service. And I think this is very exciting because apartments, uh, you know, up until now, basically have, you know, uh, apartment buildings have apartments and people rent them out. But now you're looking at becoming, you know, almost a, an apartment utility in offering electricity and um, electric vehicles and electric vehicle charging. So there's a greater um, realm of um, uh, economic opportunity available to these assets. So when people go to purchase that electricity, say at the building, I, I have an electric vehicle. I notice that this apartment building uh, that I'm coming up to uh, has a charging station for me and I want to go use the power to charge my electric vehicle. I have to pay them in sparks? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So you'll have an equivalent amount of dollars attached to the spark. So say it's 30 cents per kilowatt hour, then that will be 30 sparks that you'll have to pay okay. for um for that amount of volume of electricity. Very interesting. Yeah, so they're, they're the two main products that we've developed and deployed. So peer-to-peer -peer trading within buildings and it could work in an apartment building or an office building or even a shopping center. And then peer-to-peer -peer trading across the networks. Now we've talked about households with rooftop solar selling to each other, but it could also be a large solar farm selling to smaller, many smaller customers. because. Presently, many of those solar farms have what's called an offtake agreement or a power purchase agreement to sell to a few large um, consumers of electricity. But using our platform, they could sell to many smaller customers. So instead of peer-to-peer -peer or consumer-to-consumer, -consumer, it's you know B2C. Uh, and then I mentioned the third product we've got, which is fractionalized ownership of renewable energy assets. And in the white paper, we refer to that as asset germination and uh, that means that, um, you know, a, a developer of a renewable energy asset, whether it's like a community battery or a large solar farm, can sell small chunks of it, you know, like one or $2,000 worth to smaller purchases and effectively tokenize that asset. And then you can uh, also provide liquidity for trading that asset in a secondary market so people can trade in and out of the asset if they want to as well. So I think we're, we've just developed that product. We're just choosing which um, 
project we're going to deploy that into. But that's a bit of a snapshot of the products and what we've done so far. So going forward with this, if you are, are you, is there some plan to um, put it out on the open market place like like Bittrex or Poloniex or one of those uh, type of platforms for trading in uh, in cryptocurrencies? And Absolutely, yes, we are in co uh, conversation with those exchanges okay. and also some in Asia, and we will be announcing which exchanges that we are going to list on and the listing will occur before. So basically at the end of the public sale, within a few weeks, everyone will receive their tokens. And by that stage, we will already be listed on an exchange. Okay. So it will provi provide um, people that have purchased the tokens an, an ability to trade them in the market. Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. You know, I am uh, definitely interested in that, you know, so once uh, the announcement comes on now, if I'm going to going to pay attention to when this announcement's going to come, um, I guess I can be following you. It looks like you have uh, quite a few different social uh, handles to go from. So if you're on Twitter, it looks like you're power ledger underscore IO. Is that correct? Correct. And then on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash power ledger. And then on Telegram, you got uh, t.me slash power ledger. And it looks like the website for token generation event would be what we talked about before, the tge.powerledger.io. Correct. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I want to make sure that um, you know anybody listening that wants to participate in this and uh, learn more about it ha uh, has the right uh, places to go to be able to find that information. Thank you, Brian. Well, um, uh, yeah, I, um, we we all of the founders are actually in the Telegram chat and chatting, and I I, I heard that it's quite uncommon for for that to be the case, but we're really excited to um, hear people's questions and respond to them. We've got about two and a half thousand people in the Telegram chat, so I really encourage people to come join us and ask us some hard questions. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe I can pop in there and ask a couple myself. <laughs> so uh, one one thing You're I right. thought that was pretty interesting. You got invited. It looked like to the uh, to the blockchain summit out at Richard Branson's uh, um, property out there. Uh, what what was that like? Uh, I was very fortunate enough to be invited to Richard Branson's island by Bill Tai, who uh, I had known from in Perth because he operates West Texas, and he's also an a adjunct professor and innovator in residence at Curtin University where I did my, my PhD and uh, I had asked him if he would be willing to be an ambassador uh, and advisor to Power Ledger a couple of months back and he said yeah I'm really keen let's um let's chat more about that and then um, we were in conversation around that and I'd asked him uh, about the uh, blockchain summit and uh, he had said I'd love to have you but it's so full and then on the Sunday uh, before the summit he texted me in the morning and said someone's cancelled can you come and uh, so I managed to I've got a 20 month old daughter and I um, asked look I said I can't really come very easily because I've got like a baby girl and he was like that's fine you can bring the baby we'll organize um you know, childcare for you on the island. So it was so amazing. So we flew, my daughter and I flew 36 hours and four flights to go wow. to this conference. And I, I was a bit worried that it was, you know, too far to go and that, it, you know, that it uh, was, it was only three days there. So we spent three days traveling uh, in total for three and a half days of conference, but it was just incredible. There were 50 people or so there who are experts in the blockchain in their sectors. And it was just so inspiring to um, hear what they're doing because the conference was really around, you started your talk today, Brian, talking about how the blockchain can change the world. And this conference was about blockchain for social good and social impact. And so we were meeting, um, 
people that were using the blockchain to eliminate land theft because, for example, in Georgia, uh, in the Eurasian Caucasus, because of the political unrest, many of the land registries were destroyed and people were having their land stolen. Mm. And that's almost been completely eliminated because of um, using the blockchain to update the land registries. Wow. Uh, and so I was hearing like stories about like a, a woman that is, is working with uh, young girls in Afghanistan to teach them how to code and use and set up their own businesses uh, using the blockchain and give them like, financial literacy and independence. And so these kinds of stories were really so heartening and exciting. And obviously the opportunity to hang out with Sir Richard Branson and, and meet him was a real honour and he was super nice. He was very down to earth. He, I was chatting with him at one point and he said, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea, Gemma, do you want one? And I said, sure. So he actually went and made me a cup of tea. And uh, on the island, we were also fortunate enough to announce that Bill Tai had um, joined Powerledger as an ambassador and advisor. So we're really thrilled to have him because he is a you know, serious heavyweight. He's been a venture capitalist since the early 90s and one of the early pioneers of the blockchain as well as being a super nice guy. So, yeah, that's a little snapshot on the island. Oh wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, thanks for putting me in touch uh, with Bill. I'll I'll uh, try to see if maybe at some point we can get him on for uh, for a podcast in the future. Super cool. So, is there anything else you would like the listeners uh, to know about uh, in relation to Power Ledger? Anything that you want to cover that we haven't covered yet? Sure. So, I mean, we talked about the different products that Power Ledger does, but as a company, our mission really is around the democratization of power. And we see ourselves as being a distributed ledger for distributed energy market. You know, for pretty much a century, energy has remained relatively unchanged. It's been a one-way street where you've had large power stations, transmission lines, distribution lines bringing electricity to people's homes. But in the past decade, you know, a new system has started to emerge, a bi-directional system where citizens are becoming utilities, citizen power stations. And... Uh, I think this is very exciting. We're, I don't think we're going to you know, get rid of the uh, centralised system entirely. I think it's going to be hybrid, a hybrid centralised and distributed system. And uh, you know, this disruption is happening to the energy markets with or without power ledger. Um, but what I think our technology offers is um, disruption without the destruction of value because the grid is really important and not everybody can afford solar panels even with the best payback period and uh, the people left paying for it are the ones that can afford to use it the least. Mm. So our platform is really around being able to provide low-cost renewable power to people that don't have solar panels and uh, really providing the price signals to encourage that distributed energy future uh, and while utilising the grid and maintaining its relevance. So I just maybe that's a closing message. Okay. Uh, also, one question I had about uh, the, the the power and and the you know the platform that you've provided to be able to access and and use this distributed network for for solar power. Would this also work for say wind generated power or other types of renewable energy sources? Yeah, it can really work for any type of electricity. So it's it's quite um, ambivalent about the source of power, but wind would certainly lend itself very nicely because oftentimes. Wind is inversely correlated to when solar is generating. And so if you couple solar and wind together, you need less battery storage. Uh, so I, And uh, absolutely, you could have small-scale or large-scale wind that uses our platform. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting stuff. 
So I, I think that, uh, that that basically covers everything uh, for the podcast today. Okay, so thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Gemma Green uh, from Power Ledger. I uh, really enjoyed uh, speaking with you about this. And actually, you know, going forward, I, I'm really interested to follow along with uh, the, the development and the growth of, of Power Ledger and this uh, technology and platform that you guys have developed. So I'll, I'll keep my finger on that pulse. And then maybe uh, if you'd be willing at some point later on, we could, uh, you know, get on and do a follow-up uh, podcast to see about how, how far that this has gone and, and, you know, how much it's actually helping people. We'd be delighted to come on again, Ryan. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. Uh, you as well. Dr. Green, I really appreciate your time and uh, have a wonderful day. You too. You've been listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Visit Bitcoin.com today, the number one place in the world to learn about Bitcoin. Open your first wallet, buy your first Satoshis, and get involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem that is changing the world as we know it.